Welcome to Object Passion. We're so glad you're here. Let me introduce ourselves. I am Sharif Manganis, and I'm flanked to my left and right by Joe Wang and Thomas Kim. We're a group of industrial designers in love with objects, and we would like to welcome you into our bi-monthly discussion about all things shiny. So pull up a chair and please join in. The guard topic. It's funny though that like you you mentioned that electrical is is not as reliable because like in theory it can actually be infinitely more reliable because yeah. you don't have as many parts and like yeah. mechanics. Yeah. Like I was just watching a, a video from Hoonigan, the Hoonigan channel on YouTube. And they have their, like, area of destruction in the back where people bring their crazy cars, do burnouts, jump off the docks, like, do crazy stuff. And this dude brought in an electric Hachiroku, which is, like, one of the craziest, coolest things, like, I feel I've ever seen. And, dude, the guy was like, yeah, I run this thing at the track. I've been running it for a year, never had to replace batteries, never had to replace a single thing. I just changed the transmission oil, the rear diff oil, and tires. That's it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, no spark plugs, no air filters, no <laughs> no thermometers, no you know fuel pressure regulators, like none of that stuff. It's all yeah. gone. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, and the motor was air-cooled. And the only thing that actually had a radiator, believe it or not, was the, the electronics running the computer. It was like water cooled, like our computers, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's it. <laughs> it has the potential. It has a lot. I mean, and the guy was putting down something like 300 plus pound feet of torque and like 200 horsepower. Oh, Doesn't man. sound like much. Yeah. But all of that torque is available from, like, zero RPM, which wow. is crazy. <laughs> crazy. Perfect crazy. for a drift car. Perfect yeah. for a drift car. But So this guy, so, so this yeah. guy uh, made the, the Hachiroku into uh, electric? He stripped out. He basically, like, the story was he mm -hmm. was uh, running. What, what's the engine model in the, 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 the Hachi, the the no, the, that's the chassis code. The engine code is, uh, I think it's, no, the 4GAE was, I think, Mitsubishi. But anyways, it, it, it may have been like a, a four-something. Uh, yeah. Anyways, it's a, the four-cylinder engine. He was blowing them up at the drift track, like oh left and right. Yeah, And so he was just like, dude, I can't afford to keep buying new engines and the time right. to like install a new engine regularly so that's why you went electric he was just like i just he was an engineer he said i can do it and he did it you know <laughs> super crazy and and what's even more crazy about the setup was he kept the five-speed manual transmission with it <laughs> which oh, is so like on the on the electric car <laughs> Yeah, so he had, like, first, second, third, fourth, fifth gear that that's he could cool. actually clutch and shift into. Yeah. Oh, that's, wow. 
That's cool. And it's gonna be yeah, more torquey on the higher gear too, because you know electric yeah. motors they pump out like very evened out torques, right? So totally. I mean, you could probably start that car in like third or fourth gear mm-hmm. and just drive casually. Yeah, you know. If you didn't want to be like doing a nuts burnout at a stoplight, you just put it into like fourth gear and just, just like creep away. (laughs) (laughs) Creepy. I mean, it's fun, but sometimes when I think about it, it's very unusual. Mm -hmm. The thing that honestly, I I paid a lot of attention to electric cars. uh, And because there's like a lot of crossover with drones. And one of the things that's really interesting is drones have the the propeller and aerodynamics on some level to make noise. That's why they sound like bees a lot of yeah. the time, right? Right. Um, and if but when they get bigger, they sound really mean. They almost sound like they have like a gas engine in them. Mm-hmm. The problem with electric cars is they don't have that. Like, mm-hmm. almost at all. And, like, mm-hmm. while watching the drift electric car is cool, there's something about a thousand horsepower engine yeah. just yeah. bellowing and shaking stuff because of the sheer energy coming from the exhaust, you know? It's like the conversation we had before Formula E or Formula One. Mm. I mean, watching Formula E is cool because it's futuristic in a way, but you lost the sense of like enjoyment, happiness when you hear because it's you cannot compare anything V tens to an electronic electric cars because there's no sound, there's no there's no noise. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think uh, uh, you know nature too. Uh, you know when when you see like a predator or like animal try to act tough. Um, when they initiate before they physically like mm-hmm. you know um, struggle is through the the sound or mm-hmm. like yeah. behavior yeah. right so yeah. you know that there's a reason why like lions or like tigers they row you know yeah. before mm-hmm. they actually before uh, they yeah attack yeah I think that's why like humans have that kind of like perception like you know when when they hear things they get excited they get scared or even if they're, they're not physically being hurt. You know, it's, it's sort of like a sign, like a message. It's yeah. funny you say this kind of comparison because it actually goes into everything else. Like, let's say basketball, NBA, because quarantine, you, there's no yeah. audience right now. Mm. And when there's no audience, it just doesn't feel alive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny actually you mentioned that because I know the NFL did like a whole big thing where they actually like synchronize the audio of like past games of past game. Like, so if let's say the Packers were playing, I don't know, um, the Patriots, I don't know if that would ever be a matchup. I don't watch football, uh-huh. but when those two had a matchup, let's say years past and they recorded the audio from that game they synchronize the audio from that th- those past games with the current one. So not only was it authentic for like the viewers, but it was also authentic for the teams, right? Mm-hmm. And for the events that were happening on the field. So like if somebody scored a touchdown, it'd be like, oh, Packers touchdown. And the, you'd hear the Packers fans. And like, yeah. 
Yeah, they yeah. went through all of that, not only for the audience, but also for the players. Yeah, because right. the players were also used to that ambient noise. Mm-hmm. So then playing in silence feels like you're in practice, not yeah. actually in a real game, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that, I actually, honestly, I think that's the genius of what Thomas just brought up. Animals and humans, we communicate through sound. You back a dog into a corner, you you know, (laughs) that deep, you know, growling sound, right? Um, Even dogs react to, like, skateboards because if you hear a skateboard coming down the street, it kind of sounds like a dog growling. It's just that... And that's why dogs always freak out about skateboards. So there's something to that indication of noise for intent, you know, that Thomas brought up. I think that was a genius comment you made, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, I I think the, uh, you know, it's it's really different. I I think the first examples of that actually in a public in the show or something is probably uh, like a talk show, you know, when... Mm -hmm. um, the host makes some like funny comments, even though in television, like you might not, or even there not, might not be a guest or like audience in the television. You know, people they will still make that reaction noise, you know, um, artificially, so that the viewers from TV can also feel like they're watching something together with the other audience. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they kind of are aware of the message better when. Um, you know, host is making a, a joke and then the TV, uh, the, the program is kind of outputting a bunch of people laughing and stuff. And that's when you're supposed to laugh, too. So, yeah, right. It's almost like instructional. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, there's a weird thing about, you know, the, the sound and everything, because it's kind of interesting how humans loves to hear somebody else laughing, too. And then you start laughing yeah. with them. You like when you look, watch like funny stuff by yourself, you tend to not to laugh too much. You know, you I mean, yeah, it's funny yeah. inside, but you're not expressing, you know, mm-hmm. as much as when you're with someone else, you tend to express more. You know, and- there, there's a, a, a psychological basis for this, actually. Mm-hmm. It's also the a psychological. It's the same basis for, for example, when you get into groups of people, mm-hmm. you may smile more. It establishes a connection to the group. It, it establishes commonality. Like, I laugh, you laugh. Okay, we <clears throat> both find this funny. We are right. now part of the in-group versus mm-hmm. anybody else who saw this, right? Right, right. Or... I meet somebody new for the first time. I smile. That's a signal that I'm non-threatening and that I'm accepting of you into my group. Versus if I meet you for the first time and I look at you like a stone-faced killer, you're not (laughs) going to feel very welcome. (laughs) Exactly. So it's interesting. Yeah. The same thing is like watching movies, you know, like... Mm. When you watch movie by yourself, you tend to, even though it's scary, even though it's funny, you tend to just stay calm. Mm-hmm. But when you watch with some other people, some other friends, you tend to react more. Right. Yeah. And then also the filmmakers, when they are making a movie, when you get rid of all the sounds and effects, even though it's a scary movie, you tend not, it's not scary anymore. It's just mm-hmm. imagery. Right. And then you don't get excited. But when you add, Soundtracks, when you add music, when you add like effects, yeah, the scariness becomes like way up high. <laughs> right. And it's funny you mentioned that because that, that, 
soundscape, right? Mm, like if yeah. you're thinking about it like a landscape, but of just sound, it's so important in experiences. And I think that this is the problem that electric cars are going to have mm. going forward. Yeah. Right. You go to a race, you go to see something of performance, mm. you expect noise, you expect that, that noise to initiate excitement yeah. in other people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I feel that that's a lot of the shortcoming that the current generation of electric cars will have, honestly, because there's no, there's no noise that then triggers a reaction in the group to say, oh yeah, oh, like you go to a drag strip and you hear like a 2000 horsepower thing that literally shakes the ground that can be measured by like yeah. earthquake measurements, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, right? And then you look to the guy next to you who you don't know and you're like, dude, that was awesome. And he looks at you and you're yeah. like, dude, that was awesome. Yeah, you know? Yeah, and then yeah, now yeah. all of a sudden you're bonded in yeah. that moment from that experience. Yeah. Right. And like electric doesn't have that. And yeah. I foresee that being a very big challenge going forward for automakers like Tesla who, if you look at the news lately, have been slowly losing ground to oh, yeah. automakers like Ford yeah. and even Volkswagen yeah. stepped up and yeah. made a public yeah, yeah, yeah. statement saying, we're yeah. aiming to take down Tesla in the near future. What do you guys and think about all that? I was looking at the news recently. Volkswagen just built up like tons and tons of mega factories for batteries, right? Like EV batteries. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, yep. Tesla, you are having... Troubles, you will have troubles because <laughs> because think yeah. about it, Tesla. Tesla is a brand new company. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. very new, and Volkswagen and all the German companies are very. They are automaker companies. Just to put they, it they, out. they've been in the game around for a long so, time. Yeah. So when it comes to cars, comes to automobile, you can't beat them. They're just more reliable. Mm-hmm. They're just more experienced. Yeah. 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 I think and, the challenge of like a Tesla is going to face. And I think, uh, you know, just to give a little bit of room for Tesla, I think it's going to be how they're going to convince the uh, um, audience that their car is much more reliable than the other um, like manufacturer. Because I feel like the other major manufacturer before, they weren't really playing this EV game like majorly. Mm-hmm. But now they are. I think that's why Tesla had like chance to step up you know, for a while mm-hmm. because all the other car manufacturers and it's, it's also because, you know, those uh, car manufacturers were just too in a comfort zone. They weren't for various reasons, not really fully involved with developing EVs before, mm-hmm. but now they see the importance. So, um, you know, that the whole, I guess, challenge is kind of like similar to, uh, I feel like uh, Honda Insight. I don't know if you remember the Honda yeah. Insight hybrid. Yeah. 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 They had a good start and then Toyota just came and just kicked them in the butt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Decimated. Yeah. 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 And then yeah, now yeah, you yeah. see on the road, you know, what's the best hybrid car out there is, you know, obvious. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, I think the, the Honda Insight didn't really manage to let people understand that this is their, like a, like a major game and, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's reliable, um, you know, hybrid car compared to what Prius did, even though Prius has some issues with their cars mm-hmm. before too. I think the whole game 
that the Tesla needs to make is how they going to like outrun. And obviously, I think the design is now, you know, I mean, Tesla, I, I'm going to say, you know, Tesla did some, some bold, you know, mm-hmm. stuff, especially as a small company too. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that, that I, I really, you know, give them a credit, but at the same time, how are they going to, re- you know, keep that innovation going? How are they going to differentiate from yeah, these that's... major players now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think that's going to be the challenge. Yeah, like, and that's what I was just gonna say. Like, Tesla has, I mean, the design is there, but when they trying to get into the next 10 years, how are they gonna innovate it? What's the Mm -hmm. next innovation? And, and compared to other companies like Porsche, like Ferrari, they are all doing electric cars now. Like, they are all doing, they're all going to be into electric cars now. And if Tesla wanted to win this competition of electric vehicles, not just regular use, but I think they have to get into more, race cars and stuff then even even not even ferrari even just like regular ford like audi mm. Volkswagen, how are they gonna how are they going to beat the designs beat the innovation because all these companies has more than 10 years of experience you know i have a slightly different take on this actually i i do think for sure tesla is in for a world of hurt mm-hmm. you know they're gonna see their market share shrink dramatically however However, this is going to be a real-world case study of first-mover advantage. Just like Thomas pointed out, Tesla was able to get to the market, produce something for a while now, and the rest of the auto industry was either not taking it seriously or it took a long time to, like, marshal resources set up supplier relationships, whatever, whatever. Whatever the reason, Tesla has enjoyed kind of being alone in the marketplace. Yeah, yeah. And just like you said, Joe, I think the challenge is is huge, really, for them Mm -hmm. because you have car companies that have literally been around since the advent of cars. (laughs) They've seen every regulatory challenge. They've seen every manufacturing challenge, Mm da-da-da-da-da. I don't think that Tesla will survive trying to play the game their way. And I think that's that would be a mistake truly going forward. What I think they need to do is really lean hard on their first mover advantage and the brand loyalty that they have established. Yeah, yeah. yeah, The people that like their cars like them for all of the reasons that we, us three, don't like the Teslas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They love that they are zen minimal interiors they love that the interface is a digital tablet right Mm -hmm. they love all of those things and the rest of the automotive industry is going to do things like normal you know buttons switch gear navi all of that stuff right very traditional yeah yeah and so tesla really needs almost to double down on doing things the tesla way you know versus everybody else and then i don't think they're ever going to be able to compete with these companies like again in the normal marketing ways i think what tesla needs to do is position themselves as the first car as a product design object right right Instead of dealing with it as an automotive wanted, design yes, challenge, yes, yes. deal with it as a product design challenge. Yes, right? yeah, yes. That's Double down on mm-hmm. the human-centered design components, 
deal more with lifestyle and things of that nature, show the car as something like an accessory to the rest of your life versus being uh, representative of who you are, which is what the traditional car industry does. You know, I think that will, because if you look at the data and trends for the younger generations, car ownership is down, but a lot of young people want a Tesla, right? Yeah. They they don't want to buy normal cars. They don't want to get into leases and finances and have that financial burden. But for some reason, a lot of that generation still want a Tesla, right? Mm-hmm. And for them, the car may not be something that they see as a right, but more of something to aspire to having later on in life. So they're yeah. going to treat it more like a product that they purchase. They're going to research it, look for the YouTube reviews, do all of that stuff. And that's the domain that Tesla needs to, they need to be the first YouTube generation car, basically. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think, what do you guys think about that? I think it's bring up another question, another fun insight that I have is that think about Tesla when they sell their car. It's not like regular dealers. Mm -hmm. They sell the car as a product design, like a product, like an Apple. Like a store. Yeah, like yeah. a store. And I think this is where all the other companies are behind, well, not behind, but in this site, in, in this kind of segment are behind Tesla, yeah. as in EV. Because all other companies are using dealers. And I think dealers doesn't, they don't, they don't know how to sell electric cars. You know, like they don't know how to sell anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but speaking like with yeah. the electric car business, they have to think of a way and think of a proper way to uh to sell electric cars as as what Tesla is doing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I think this is where they they are behind. They they are not into uh, other companies are not into electric cars that much as Tesla. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, they don't I understand think the, uh, the wants of the market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I mean, when I spoke with like you know a couple of uh you know my friends who, who own a Tesla. A uh, major thing that they always talk about that they're happy about is it's less hands-on. You know, um, mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, like a lot of these guys. And, you know, it's funny that like a couple of guys actually own like a truck or like sports car too. But they still want yeah. Tesla on the side because for their dailies, they just want to use Tesla to go to work. Mm-hmm. And they're saving tons of gas money. And yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Even if they do make a payment, they say it's kind of relevant to the uh, the gas money that goes into you know their regular car. Mm-hmm. Why not just drive a Tesla and then make a payment there? Uh, once the right. payment is fully paid, you know you don't even have to pay anything anymore. And secondly, the maintenance stuff, right? And then you know all that minimalism. So that's what you know. I think Sheriff, you were mentioning that's that's how Tesla started. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it always kind of remind me of Steve Jobs how how he. Yeah. Uh, started like a smartphone you know um when i look at tesla it feels like he started uh e- like a ev in like certain way because i know ev existed before too but i yeah. think the approach for the, the big companies were very conservative and very traditional like yeah to you know like a gasoline car basically but tesla because they get to start from the fresh they had that advantage of just start something totally new. Yeah. And I think that's also the challenge that Tesla will face mm-hmm. is how they're going to keep this legacy going. Yeah. 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 Uh, because 
Yeah, obviously you cannot fight with like a big company with uh, their resources, their you know stuff mm-hmm. that they're doing. Yeah, it's kind of on my side. It's it's kind of uh, you know not really happy things to see that the electric car is slowly merging in. And mm-hmm. I think uh, Joe and I we had like discussion about how like last week how uh, manual transmission is like slowly disappearing. Yeah. yeah, it's killing me personally. Yeah. It's yeah. getting more yeah. expensive if you want to have one, you know, but mm-hmm. most of the cars, I mean, you know, we just talked about Quadrifolio. Uh, I was asking, like, where's manual? And then you just said there's no manual in the United States, right? So yeah. it's yeah. very unfortunate to see that all that happening. But, you know, reality is reality. In the flip side, I guess all the older cars price is going to go up. So maybe it's good time to invest on some older manual uh, iconic cars yeah. dude speaking Ooh. of that actually mm-hmm. man i wanted to share with you guys some of my recent like automotive adventures <laughs> yes and, we love to hear it <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> so i i've been on this i've mentioned it last week and you know or, or you know last last podcast that like i've been looking for a Subaru and oh my god is it annoying <laughs> <laughs> so yeah basically anything pre 2001 is like impossible to find so i expanded my search all the way up to 2007 and still also very difficult to find partially right. why manual transmissions are just not in favor as much. And if I wanted to buy an automatic transmission car for any of those two generations, I could, I could do it tomorrow, but manuals, there's like, maybe I want to say 13 cars in the entire country that are available for sale. That's it. Oh my gosh. I'm not joking. 13, maybe 12 total cars in the entire country for sale. Where's every Which, all, all the other manual cars? For Subaru, I, you mean like for Subaru, yeah, yeah, right? the, the Subaru, specifically the Subaru Impreza, right? Yeah. And either every owner is just holding on to their car, or right. there is some magic parking lot somewhere that <laughs> some wizard of Subarus has been all like point. conjuring yeah. and stealing all of these cars. It's nuts. Yeah. It's so nuts. And like, I, I, okay. So here's the problem. Why am I looking for a Subaru? Basically I want a car that I can do all of the dirty stuff that I like to do. IE driving off road, going, visiting my buddy's place in the desert, whatever oh, yeah. with a car that can handle all of it. And I like to drive and is challenging right so what is the short list you could go with a jeep but any of the older jeep cherokees are still 10 grand right wranglers 10 grand it's like a, a fine line in the sand okay not a jeep not a wrangler okay believe it or not ford fiestas are used by rally schools yeah. but the problem is it's too small i'd never yeah. get my camping gear in the back right so yeah. the short list is a Subaru and Subaru Impreza Forester Legacy uh, yeah. Outback. All of them can't find them. <laughs> you know what's so crazy? That's my current state. <laughs> you know, same with uh, the truck, because you know I just recently bought the manual uh, Tacoma, right? And mm. uh, 
Joe probably thought that, oh, you know, Thomas is jumping onto it too soon. But I did some research. It's so hard to find manuals out there. You know, yeah. Everything's automatic. And plus, right now, like Takoma's, like for year um, before uh, 2000, the, mm-hmm. their price is going up. Now they're really? Why? Because now they're considered as a vintage. It's been like 20, over and, 20 years now. And they are Toyota. They are not breaking up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So, so, you know how I bought it for around like 4K? Yeah. Um, yeah. Right now, the average price is between six, uh, 6K to 5K. Oh, oh my. Wow. Yeah, so I can still wow. see. I can see it's been like a month and I see like a pricing is slowly going up. Yeah. That's with crazy. The, wow, crazy. You know, with the good quality. So it's it's been nuts, you know, because everybody wants to go camping, you know, like you mm. said, you know, Subaru is good. SUVs are good. Uh, trucks are good, right? So yeah. it's crazy, dude. Yeah, it's and it's crazy. you know what's also kind of crazy with the the old school cars. A lot of the aftermarket parts have yeah. also like gone up in price. You know? Right, exactly. Uh, yeah, because now they've become like special order, right? right. So like. If I want to get a skid plate, and for those of you who are not like car uh, educated, basically a skid plate is a piece of metal. We have plastic versions of these under our cars, but if you're going like off-roading, you want to replace that with metal because your oil pan can get damaged by like rocks or trees or whatever you're trying to drive over right and so you know it's a big piece of metal so it's going to cost some money basically i can get one for a 2006 subaru for like two three hundred bucks if i want to get one for an older one i'm looking at four to five hundred right just because it's an older car (laughs) even like roll bars for my truck is now Mm. seven hundred to eight hundred dollars Wow! Crazy! Yeah. Wow! I mean, you can get like a cheaper one for like a couple hundred, but those are like really crappy. Like, yeah, you don't get those like they're all rusted and stuff. So I'm looking for like uh, a brand new ones, and they're just like yeah, ridiculous. Jeez! Yeah, that's a lot of cash for a roll bar, man. I know. Damn, I mean, it's a piece of metal. <laughs> you know, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Can you? You'd be crazy if you just make your own. <laughs> oh, you know what's so funny? So I found this guy from Facebook uh, Market that he actually customized the metal tube. Mm. Oh, okay. So, so he bends the metal tube, and then uh, nice. he does all that um, stuff with does welding. welding. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was actually talking with him. I think I might go with that guy because I think the pricing is like around like $400. He just I charged the yeah, I still, I think nice. it's still expensive, but better than paying like eight hundred dollars for a bar. Yeah, seriously, it's crazy, a freaking metal bar. <laughs> you Dude, know, but that's the thing. When it comes to tubing and all of that stuff, it gets it gets expensive yeah. really fast. Yeah. I was looking at um, just for my own edification. Right. For like four cylinder cars, the best type of of exhaust manifold, if you're going to keep them naturally aspirated, Mm -hmm. is uh, a four to two to one uh, exhaust Mm -hmm. header. Mm -hmm. Basically, it optimizes scavenging and all of this nerdy stuff with cars. Right. So I was curious to see if there was one available for my BRZ Mm -hmm. and I found one. 
First of all, guess how much regular headers cost for a BRZ? Just guess. Let, let, let me first guess the cheap end and then I'll, and then the average. So give me two numbers, both of you. Just guess. I, I actually have no idea. I've never changed the header before. Yeah, so. me too. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. okay, so you think about it. You got two flanges and you got probably, uh, I want to say six to eight feet worth of very heavily bent tubing. How much maybe, would you uh, guess that cost? Well, I feel like maybe like 400, 300, okay. 400 something like that. Because I know motorcycle costs, like it really depends on the uh, the brand, but uh, sure. it, it could go up to like seven, 800 and thousands okay. too. And like, I think the reasonable price normally is uh, stays in between like four to 500. Yeah, yeah. Joe, do you have a guess? Yeah, I was thinking more like 200, to okay. at least a thousand. Okay. Yeah. The cheap end of the exhaust manifolds for the BRZ are eight hundred. <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the cheap. Right. That's, that's cheap. cheap. That's the cheap end. Yeah. Oh, Average wow. median price is about fifteen hundred. Okay. Wow. Now Dude. to get. To get a proper one, in my opinion, right, a true four to two to one exhaust manifold, two thousand dollars. Wow! <laughs> wow! <laughs> that's almost price. That's the almost price of motorcycle I can get. It, it, yes, two thousand dollars. You can literally go buy a motorcycle. You can buy a couple motorcycles, yeah. used ones, for yeah. that price. <laughs> right, right. That's crazy. <laughs> and it, it's just a it's just a metal tube, basically, with like some yeah. some like filters some on. You know? yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, two thousand dollars, man. I oh, almost wow. I almost pooped myself. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Why don't we uh, start uh, metal tubing, guys? <laughs> I think we can make some- Yeah, yeah. Seriously, yeah. dude. Jeez. Wow. wow. I mean, here's the thing. I, I respect it. I get it. You know, you if you want to do things a high level, you know, the, that's normal, right? So, like, for let's say like a, a trophy truck, which is like a high speed off-road race track, race truck, right? Like mm-hmm. they'll do endurance races, uh, yeah. Paris Dakar rally, stuff like that. A right. single transmission for them costs about fifteen to $20,000, mm-hmm. right? So I get it. I get it. When you, when you really are doing things at a high level, stuff is very expensive. But damn, two thousand dollars is so expensive. Are you still going to do your rally cars? <laughs> Man, if if I ever get that Subaru, that is gonna be the most like dirt bag, like cheap fun build i'm gonna go to like some local exhaust shop just have them fabricate me stuff and do do some goofy goofy fun stuff with it like i mean honestly like working on a motorcycle i realized that it's just all tools you know once we have tools actually you know stuff that actually they do is not that difficult you know yeah yeah you're right you can do everything uh it's just that you know i guess they're trying to make the money back 
spending all the tools because tools are expensive. Yeah. yeah. Mentors sure. and, <laughs> and and you're you're paying for their skills and time. Right. Yeah. Like right. it's just like some of the 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 crazy handmade knives I've shown you guys that like go for three, four man, I saw one even the other day that was seven and a half thousand dollars. Oh my gosh, right. Wow. But then you look at it and you look at like just like if you look at a a, a high end watch that costs mm-hmm. like $500,000. You're like, whoa. You can you can see when you look at it, the craftsmanship, like the, yeah. the human beings, blood, sweat, and tears that went into mm-hmm. that thing. And like, yeah. there's, there's something romantic and valuable about, that, especially as we've been talking about, a future of like electric cars, of digital stuff, right? Yeah. Having something made by another human being is going to be more yeah. and more valuable. You know? Right, right. I think that's the differentiation between electric cars and like gas cars because electric 100%. cars are all, everything's all digital. Like even, even the interiors are digital for Tesla. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tesla. Yeah. It's, it just gave me so much frustration when I look at the interiors and, and when I feel the cars, it's just, why is it so simple in a way that is, it doesn't feel finished. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very seamless. Yeah. But yeah. when we see gas cars, like, like my Alfa Romeo, when you sit inside, it just, you don't even have to drive you when you touch the wheels and touch the steering wheels and pedals. It just gives you so much energetic and so much more romantic emotions, mm-hmm. you know? I and think, I think that's yeah. the big differentiation of electric and gas. Right. Car, car. Yeah. I think yeah. the, uh, when I look at the motorcycle industry, it kind of uh, differentiate really clearly in between the gasoline or traditional motorcycle with uh, electric motorcycle is because mainly motorcycle riders ride for that excitement. You know, yeah. Yeah. they're looking yeah. for like something extra. That's why they've been riding motorcycle. And then this electric bike kicked in. I know a zero motorcycle and there are a couple other brands uh, try to have performance electric bike, but um, in a sort of sales standpoint, I think the newly emerged uh, these motorcycle electric motorcycles are more gearing towards to daily commuting. You know, like mm-hmm. what Honda used to did to outrun Harley Davidson in the United States. Mm-hmm. You know, they mm-hmm. uh, became more now. You know, Honda's known for like very fast bike too. But then when they yeah, just but they did the gold, US, yeah. When they just arrived, they, they just uh, had like a little like city mopeds, you know, for mm. like daily riders, for like businessmen and housewives. You know, that was their kind of niche because back then, you know, like especially for Harleys, were just for the bad boys. Yeah, you yeah. Know, boys were rebel. So I think electric bike has the same approach in terms of, you know, when they're trying to sell to the market. Now they're looking for somebody who... Is more like a bicycle rider instead of like a traditional mm-hmm. motorcycle rider. Mm-hmm. And then instead yeah. of pedaling, uh, you get to just sit on it with like a low speed with you can have a bunch of like stuff that groceries or like a, your backpack or whatever you can put it in a bag and then, you know, just go to school or grocery and come yeah. back sort of thing, you know, instead of going out on a weekend to the, the track or the canyon and you know, just clip through the corner. Yeah. So it still could have capability of doing that. But like what Joe was mentioning, there's no romance. There's no excitement to these electric 
electrified products or electrified transportation, you know, so it's kind of hard to compare, you know, gasoline or traditional cars with like electric cars. They're just kind of, we should, I think, treat as like a two different breed. And now mm-hmm. everybody can have an opinion of, oh, I like EV or I don't yeah. like EV. But when it comes yeah. down to the argument, you know, I, I hear a lot of people say, oh, you know, you shouldn't buy EV because of this and that, you know, or you should buy EV because of this and yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really feel right. like it's just depending on individual what they need, what they're looking for, right? Yeah. yeah. If you're looking for like daily commute, yeah. If yeah. you're looking for like just regular daily commute, you know, you don't want to think about big hassle, you know, going to like shop every certain mile for like services and etc. You know, maybe EV is perfect for you. You know, like you don't yeah. want to see what's under the hood. You know, you don't want to see, like, uh, if your car is going fast enough or not, you know. It's funny you say all of that because even regular cars have been becoming more of that. There are more covers under the hood that, I mean, you pop open a modern Mercedes, where is the engine? You you literally can't see it. You can't identify most of the components because they have covers over them. Right. And I think that going forward, the strategy for for the automotive marketplace should be this. Basically, EVs are coming they are the future. They are inevitable. It's like Thanos, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. snap your fingers. The whole world will be EVs, <laughs> right? Uh, for better or worse, whatever your opinion Unfortunately. is, standing. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing, right? Like I, on some level, I personally, you guys would be surprised. I welcome it because yeah. they give rise to opportunities for like autonomy and like accident avoidance and getting more idiots like the steering wheel out of idiots hands which i think Mm. is very important uh that being said the regulators of the automotive industry globally should give of course minor allowances for emissions to each of the manufacturers which would allow them to make a sports car or maybe a couple of more enthusiast cars and they should be marketed almost like ATVs or motorcycles. Yeah. Something designed purely for enjoyment. Yes. You will have your commuter car. We all acknowledge that like, even if you have a McLaren 720S in bumper to bumper traffic, it's meaningless. Truly. <laughs> yeah. Right, so yeah. you need that. You, you you need your sort of commuter-able vehicle. Uh, but there will always be those of us who drive for pure enjoyment. And the sonic quality, the visceral quality, uh, the, the just adrenaline that comes from all of those sensations – not even getting into the speed, those will be things that we will never let go of going yeah. forward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, um, I just want to also mention about my truck. I just figured out uh, recently, you know how California is very strict on smog testing? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, my truck had no problem, no mechanical problem, but yeah. it just wouldn't pass the smog for some reason. And mm. I just working on it, try to figure it out. So, you know, it's been like sitting in a garage, like tear it down and tear it, you know, in like replacing all these different parts just to get mm. it right. And I ended up giving up because I tried to test like a couple more times and it just didn't pass again. 
So now tomorrow I'm going to take it to this one shop that actually does, you know, mm. full like diagnosis just to figure out what it is. It's going to get a little pricey. But what I found out was California is trying to get rid of all these older cars by making the small testing stricter. Um, yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the owners get drained and they just want to get rid of it. You know? I, I hate when they, when they <laughs> Im- implement policies that are predatory towards the consumer, right? Like, what if you can't afford to spend more than two, $300 to buy a car to get you yeah. to and from work, right? Like, it's, and it's not reasonable to use the bus or public transportation because LA's exactly. public transportation infrastructure is horrible. Sucks. It sucks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Literally one of the worst in, in the world, right? right? As far as like big cities is concerned, right? So, what is that person supposed to do? They, yeah. and they're, is a lot of people in LA on the poverty line who have needs like that. Like that's, I don't know. I think that that's, that's when people talk about being offended, that's what I find offensive. Like you guys are literally preying on the poor people. Like, come on. (laughs) I I, I do understand their point. You know, I mean, you know, like I do care about the environment too. And, you know, I want, you know, like I like EVs uh, merging up because of that, you know, to save the environment, eco-friendly, totally. all this stuff is great. But then the solution they had, I think, is just like what you said, killing all these people in poverty who are driving older cars, you know, just to survive daily. They need yeah. to drive those cars. And, uh, you know, if they can't pass the smog and they cannot register their car anymore, um, it's going to be they're, they're going to be losing a resource for them to make income anymore. Thank you. you know, and I think they should come up with different solutions. Like maybe they could provide free uh, testing, I don't know, like a facility or something, you know, or government actually takes it over. And there, there's like a government certified shop that actually makes the car into like smog uh, friendly uh, vehicle or whatever, you know, like environmental yeah, yeah, exactly. or whatever, you know, they should have different um, solution other than eliminating those people uh, on their care. Yeah, so. 110%. I hate to get into this kind of policy stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's always the policy, like the government driven everything else, no yeah. matter what. It's frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And honestly, Thomas, uh, just as a, a quick little tip, listeners, please cover your ears briefly. This is this is not necessarily uh, <laughs> officially sanctioned advice. But Thomas, if you know anybody in the tuning community, uh-huh. people who modify their cars, yeah, ask them for a smog spot. Don't go oh, to a regular drive-up smog spot. Yeah. Ask the people with extensive exhaust modifications where they go to get their car smogged. Oh, they know <laughs> what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> right, right. No, I definitely right, listen to what you're talking about. Unplug your ears. That's why I don't really like to get into used cars because mm-hmm. yeah like you guys were talking about cars and what your next cars is like i actually drove for this result i actually drove alfa romeo julia and i think mm-hmm. that's the i wouldn't say the best car but i think that's the funnest car i have ever owned mm-hmm. so far and it's hard to get into other brands and other used cars because 
you already been so experienced with yeah this kind of enjoyment of cars, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And and like Thomas, our other host, Thomas was keep on telling me you should get a truck. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah, I would, I would probably get a truck or even like an SUV just for daily use. But I would still like to. Keep on continue investing Alfa Romeo. I think, yeah. yeah, I think Alfa Romeo is one of the brand that is going to be vintage. Well, it's already been vintage, but yeah, the new generations of cars for Alfa Romeo in another twenty years is going to be the vintage cars. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would like to put it that way. So, I will keep on continuing looking for maybe a used quadrifoglio because I can't afford. A full price quadrifolio, <laughs> but I don't even need like a newest quadrifolio because everything's the same except the interiors, the electronic device, like we talked about before. Yeah, I don't need all that. I just want to enjoy the driving experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You and, know, it's funny on the note that you were saying that like once you've had like a high standard mm-hmm. car. It's difficult to kind yeah. of go to anything else. It, it's funny because I've addressed exactly that. Like back when I had my WRX, nothing that I had had before that was even remotely on that level. I had a Ford Probe, a Lincoln Town Car, like shit cars, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so my WRX was a revelation. And after I had that, I said, "Oh my God, where am I going to go from here?" And I realized that the way you could go forward is throughout time, there's always like standout cars that you know will become future classics or they are already part of a lineage, right? right. So after the WRX, I went for the Volkswagen GTI, mm-hmm. right? Long history of being one of the best performance front oh, wheel yeah. drive cars out there. Yeah. And I got the dub, the 2006 model, which was the one that they said was the first time it harkened back to the feeling of the, the first generation, mm-hmm. right? Is that so the like, body with the, uh, the round headlight, roundish? The very first one, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Both, both yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the Mark I. The Mark I, And yeah. so, yeah, they, they said that the Mark Six or no, the Mark Five, which was mine, uh, my generation was the first generation that felt like the Mark One since mm-hmm. the inception. I got to experience the best of new Volkswagens, right? Yeah. Or the, the best of the new GTI. Then when the BRZ came out, I said, whoa, front engine, rear wheel drive cheap. That hasn't existed since the nineties. So it's like every car I go for. I, I go for ones that will be like signatures of that time or continuations right. of legacies like the WRX and the GTI were, you know? Right. That way you right. know you're always going to be in fun car town. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I remember <Operation> you. <laughs> I remember when I first, right, be, right before I got the Julia, I remember I talked to Thomas, uh, not Thomas, uh, Sharif about mm. this car. And then he was, he's saying, Oh, you have to get very used to this kind of power because the car mm-hmm. I originally have is Mazda 3 hatchback. Mm-hmm. Now it's not even a Mazda speed, which is I wanted to get, but I don't have money with that. <laughs> yeah. And Sheriff was saying that, Oh, you need to get used to this powers and then you need to learn how to not drive it properly. I would say, but used to this car, this kind of yeah. powers and this kind of steering. 
And I think Alfa Romeo, the, uh, this car right now, it's preparing me into this new, new, uh, new territories, I would say. Yeah. 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 And like right now, I don't, I would not look into different cars other than, I mean, not other than Alfa Romeo, but other segment of cars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but I would put it in the other way. I would also love to have an old generation of Alpha, all generation of cars like, yeah. Like vintage cars, like Lancia, Delta. That would be oh. cool. Yeah. Oh, Lancia, is Lancia here? No. Or even yeah, no. like, uh, even like the, the ones that, but the ones that even that Lancia make, they basically make minivans now. Oh, yeah. crazy thing. I had no idea about, but I just found out within the last week. Lancia never even registered Stratos as uh, like their own property. They never really? copyrighted it. Uh, what the they heck? don't own the Stratos name. Yeah. Wow. What so the who, owns the, who owns the Stratos name then? Remember, like years ago, there was that uh, that modern reinterpretation of the Stratos where they took a Ferrari F430, chopped it, and they made like a modern Stratos. Oh, you mean from Bertone? Uh, I think either Bertone or Pininfarina did the body styling. Okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, that company bought and owns the Stratos name. Wow. I believe yeah. the Strato is from uh, Bertone. I used to intern there, and uh, I remember um, I was there when the Nuccio came out. I think wasn't Nuccio the the name of the car? Uh, no, I think you may be thinking of a different. Yeah, I think you're thinking of a different um, a different car. Actually, mm. let me show you. Well, that's a that's a big news. <laughs> Never. Yeah, yeah, that's that's surprising. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, I Strato, had no idea. Yeah, Strato was uh, uh, designed by Bertone, right? So. Uh, hold on. Let me see. Wow, that's, that's surprising. <laughs> I didn't prepare for that. <laughs> yeah. dude, I was shocked. I really was. I'm still shocked, to be hundred percent honest. Are you uh, talking about Strato Zero or just regular Stratos? No, the the one that I just linked you in the general chat. Ah, oh, Lancia Stratos. So it is from Lancia. No, 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 no. no. This company was just, or this was just called Stratos. So what is Lancia for? So name? Lancia, they're just a, a an Italian car company that literally just makes like minivan type cars. If you go on their website right now. That's all you see. Because I remember Lancia has very cool, like... The Ypsilon. Yeah. Like, even Lancia Delta, that's beautiful. the one that I was mentioned. It's like a WRC car. It's... Mm-hmm. Where did they go? <laughs> yeah, that's, I think that's... They used it. They used the Ypsilon for uh, rally car. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. That's kind of crazy. But, but dude, Lancia, yeah. This thing is... I would love to get one of this. One day. <laughs> I always thought that uh, Lancia is very, um, I don't know, very funky compared to like other Italian car companies. Mm, like totally. I mean, isn't that? I think I think that's the Italian brand heritage. Is everything is yeah. funky, everything's weird, but weird in a way that you love it. Like your yeah. Ducati, the Alpha. Like, <laughs> you know, actually, out of the whole group, Fiat is like the most plain. Actually, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It's so weird. They're like like Volkswagen, like kind of 
serious, you know, when you get inside of their cars. Everybody else is funky and, like, got energy, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think <laughs> like, the reason why I said the Lancia, like, from my memory, was very, very funky was that um, they had, like, a... I remember, like, when I was going through school, you're not allowed to have, like, a sad face on, on the car for the design. Wow. You know, like, a headlamp kind of, like... like yeah. This, Really grouping, yeah. Really, right? <laughs> but actually, Lancia has one of the uh, the design that has that that has the droopy eyes, and it actually looks very sad. And yeah, I actually yeah, saw yeah. that in Italy for the first time when I was there, and then I was like, "Wait, that's that's not the right way to design car," you know? <laughs> <laughs> it kind of grew in me, and then I started realizing that that car actually looks very nice. You know, like it's funny, mm-hmm. like when you. Look at nice looking car. They say, "Oh, it, that car looks very mean, aggressive, yeah. right?" But yeah. then that particular Lancia actually looks very—I I don't know how to explain—like very uh, submissive, mm-hmm. <laughs> like a little like sad puppy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, Uh-oh. that's that's the uh, image that I have for Lancia, and uh, yeah, I, I know they they were really doing well with the uh, the rallies too, but. Yeah, it's it's so interesting. You mentioned the the face thing. I remember you you remember what what was the Japanese car design magazine that we used to get at Art Center? Oh, do you remember? Oh, the blue and red one, right? The logo. Uh, Wait, no, no, no. they they came no, out no, with no. a new one like every month. It was expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Car style. Car style. Yeah. Car styling. Car styling, car yeah. Style, yeah, car styling. I remember in one of the issues of car styling, they did they talked with a BMW designer and they showed how BMW created like basically a graphical plot where they just did like the mouth and the headlights, like the, the lower like grill and headlights. Yeah. They did variances of shapes and then they focus grouped it. And it was so interesting. Like people naturally gravitated towards more of the mean, angry faces for Mm -hmm. cars. Mm -hmm. So it's weird. Like I wanted to say like, it's kind of unfortunate that we don't break the rules more often and do cars that have different personalities like that than yeah. just like a mean, angry face. What's a car company to do when yeah. they focus group it and like yeah. the majority of the responders yeah. say, yeah. oh, we like mean faces, you know, yeah. like yeah. they're not going to explore. I yeah. think yeah. that's why uh, I liked, I think a couple of years back, early 2000, they brought back all the, uh, the retro cars, you know, like a lot of European companies from the mm. past, like Minis and Fiat 500. You know, totally. very true to their original design. Because back then, yeah. a lot of the cars le- looked very cute. You know, like very like happy, totally. round face, and um, like Volkswagen Beetles and stuff like that. Right? I think same phenomenon is happening in EV in a different way. Whenever mm. I look at EVs, they don't look mean, but they just look emotionless. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's what I mean. Like, like oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, 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 like, topic, yeah. Yeah, they don't have any sort of like emotion at all. They're just very like like stiff, you know. It's, mm. I always I always look at EV wow. as a I always look at EV as an electronic device, like uh, your phone. Yeah, yeah. Your, it's like they don't want to be connected emotionally. With yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's so interesting. I never thought about that. I wonder. You know what? That 
one of the neighbors has a, a model three. I'm going to go like pay it, like really look at that. I never yeah. thought about that. Oh yeah. my yeah. God. It's very print. Yeah. The design is really print. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even like, if you, yeah. If, even the interior is really print. Yeah. There's yeah, no yeah. emotion in there. And then it's sort of like, uh, when you see cars, it's sculpted. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. For EV, it's sort of like unsculpted. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, everything just, just put print together. and print and put it into, put it, yeah. put it together. Yeah. And I think the ultimate design that has that is the Cybertruck. Yeah. Oh uh, my. Yeah. Cause the Cybertruck yeah. is. The Cybertruck. I can I can draw that Cybertruck in three minutes. It, Dude, I drew the Cybertruck when I was like four years old. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. But it, it, it just it's just very interesting to see. You know, their headlamp, the orientation of their headlamp. I mean, some cars mm-hmm. do go back a little bit to like their traditional. You know, I guess a lot of the big companies they're still like sticking with little putting a little bit of taste into their face on EVs. But mm-hmm. most of the, like Rivian, for example, or mm-hmm. yeah, for yeah, yeah. Uh, Lordstown or, um, you know, all these like different EVs, if you look at their, their headlamp is very straight most of the time. Mm-hmm. They're just like kind of staring at you with no emotion, which kind of creeps me out. You know? <laughs> yeah. Because mm-hmm. I really want mm-hmm. to see like, some, like, you know, if I can describe that EV as a person, I want to see somebody with like some sort of emotional expression, personality, you know. yeah, personality that I can actually connect to. But yeah, then, yeah, I, you, personality put, is a good word for a EV. There's no personality right. in yeah, EV. If, if I put like EV as a person, I feel like someone with just no facial expression, like a psychopath, right? Like just yeah. staring yeah. at you, like. When you said psychopath, because. Yeah. Like, <laughs> No, like back when I was in, I, I you were reminding me of uh, one of my old professors. Wow. Uh, I, I'm blanking on his last name, but I, I'm pretty sure his first name was uh, Albert. But I, I no, no, not Albert. I can't remember. Anyways, he was an amazing professor of of car design at PCC. So like, Albert, you yes, Albert, you yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. yes. This is Albert. <laughs> yes. Okay. Good. All right. My memory is not totally gone. <laughs> I have him before. <laughs> okay. So this shows you, like, for those of you who are listening, right? For the people who who do the Art Center track, right? Like, if you don't have a portfolio to like get into Art Center, you go to PCC and you develop one there. It's such a bonding experience. Like everybody sees the same professors yeah. everybody has their own yeah, funny yeah, yeah. experiences yeah and i bet you joe is going to react when i talk about what reminded me of albert okay mm-hmm. when you were describing evs and how they have this just blank face you know like expressionless <laughs> it was, i laughed when you said it reminded you of a psychopath <laughs> Back when we were in Albert Yu's <laughs> class, like he used to go from person to person to do critiques, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't true art center style. You wouldn't put it up on the wall. It wouldn't be group. It would just be kind of one-on-one. And he would spend like two to five minutes with you. You talk about what you're doing. He may give you feedback. He may not. The thing is with Albert, whenever you spoke to him during these reviews, he was Freaking emotionless, no wow. twitch, no movement, literally <laughs> eyes 
flat horizontal mouth flat horizontal no twitch in the cheek no indication of a smile no nods no like nothing he, he was like freaking frozen the entire time wow. you're talking about your project and the entire time you're like okay is this hitting is this not am i on the right path am i not if he gave you no critical feedback you were just like what just happened? Did what? I talk to somebody? What's Did going I talk on? to a ghost? Uh, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's actually very creepy. <laughs> exactly. I have the same experience as yeah. Sharif. <laughs> Imagine, yeah. like, going on a date with a girl that are oh. like that, you know? Yeah. Or for a oh, like, female audience going on a boy or a guy yeah. with like that, or whatever yeah. you like it's yeah. still weird to like yeah. try and interact with somebody and all you get is just oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god and but you see how powerful of a reaction that they got from both me and joe right yeah, and how yeah. like we're laughing about it you know kind of thinking back but in yeah. the time it's really almost anxiety producing oh yeah you know? oh yeah it's like sometimes you would think like, am I doing it wrong or am I doing? Yeah. Am I am I am I in trouble or? But, Makes you start overthinking. But to yeah. be honest, he's a really good designer. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah, he's yeah, really yeah. good. I was always thinking, why are you not teaching in Arsenal? <laughs> Honestly, I think because PCC. He got to like herd the incoming generation, and it also wasn't a lot of heavy lifting for him, mm. so he could focus on his work. like work. real work. Yeah, right. I, I remember but he, he was amazing. He I was love good. that man. He is in this Disney Imaginary, and he's also in yeah. uh, Ford, and he's also like every other company, like cross. Oh yeah, between entertainment and transportation, and even product. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, and, really and for good. the listeners, like if you've ever been to like Epcot or I, I think maybe Disney, and you've ridden some of their rides, there's a good chance that Albert designed that. Yeah, you know, I remember like completely. One, one of the track, uh, test track, is his design. Yeah, yeah, test track. Yeah, is his design. If the listeners ever been on test track, that's the yeah. our professor's designer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting because like we as humans thrive so much on micro expressions, nonverbals, uh, nodding, you know, and and that's something, for example, I do a lot when I listen to people. Mm -hmm. I actually intentionally give them a lot of those nonverbals in order to establish connection and establish sort of comfort and dialogue, right? Like you can actually, if you're working at a fairly high level, you can actually kind of use those and manipulate those things too. But Albert, I think was using that for that purpose because he, as a professor, your goal is to get your students to think and engage and doing that was exactly the result he got. The problem is that's not the goal with EVs. (laughs) That's not the goal with electric vehicles at all. If anything, they want to, they should want to make them something that we will love that they, we will really never want to be a part from actually you know what would be a genius 
first electric car is like an electric Fiat 500. Like, Honestly. speaking of this, they, uh, there's a guy actually make an Alfa Romeo GTA, Julia GTA, like all Alfa Romeo yeah. with electric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've and seen that. I love that thing. When I look at it, yeah. it's like, wow, this is cool. It's yeah. so mean and it's so fun. <laughs> but you know, the reason why I picked the, the Fiat 500 was A, because it's cute. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, small yeah. car for city driving, which suits EVs perfectly. Yeah. But you know the biggest problem with the, with the Fiat 500 is it's underpowered. And mm. I remember I had one as a rental, and I was driving up the hills in San Francisco, oh. and the poor oh. little car was struggling. How <laughs> about <laughs> oh. <laughs> the Arbarth? Are, are they also underpowered too? How much not power to my is knowledge? It's not that much, realistically speaking, but the car is a hoot. I don't care what anybody mm-hmm. says, man. That thing snarls and pops and just like a little angry child. You yeah. know, you're like, yeah, go kid. Here, here's a knife. Go, go, do some damage. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Sheriff, you reminds me of old day. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to... Like, oh. The expression in my head, it's all Albers now. I can't get rid of it. <laughs> and with EVs with no expression, damn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I just want to let all the uh, audience know that, uh, you know, we're a bunch of designers, you know, also at the same time, we're car enthusiasts. So we love... You know, our traditional cars, we love the car that we're driving, but uh, yeah. there's nothing against EVs. You know, like we're just being more critical on that because yeah. of we love our traditional cars. And I think but, it's because we are designers. Designers yeah. tend to do things in a critical way. Yeah, but I don't think there's yeah. no problem with loving EVs or thinking yeah, we need an EV. And uh, I no. think there's a lot of pros on EVs too. You know, like for example, mm-hmm. yeah, like no. it makes your life simpler. Yeah, you know, and I think the uh, uh, Sharif mentioned it earlier. Uh, it's actually less, less maintenance. I think the mm-hmm. problem with traditional cars having electrical issue is because it has electrical stuff in gasoline, like mechanical parts mm-hmm. that kind yeah. of doesn't work together yeah. harmoniously, and that's when it's causing a problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But when it's yeah, fully yeah, yeah. electric, it will actually make everything simpler. It's simple. Yeah, yeah. There's a, a less of things to monitor in yeah. the vehicle. Yeah, so yeah, I think there's a definitely pros on EVs, and you can definitely take advantage of that. Especially, you know, it's very eco-friendly. I used to not mm-hmm. to believe that it's eco-friendly because when Prius came out, uh, a lot of the uh, the manufacturer or in the uh, were t- telling me that it's actually less eco-friendly if you consider the amount of pollution they need to produce to make the extra parts. Yeah, for hybrid yeah. vehicle, but right yeah. now, yeah, EVs are a different story. So on that note, I, this is something I I, I do want to jump in on. There's two kind of points that I'd love to address: the future potential for like performance driving, but also like the environmental impact of EVs. Right? I just would like the listeners to know to some degree that EVs are not a solution to the oil crisis, honestly. Like, the oil crisis is going to be the oil crisis. That'll be it. However, going forward, we're... Lithium is a finite resource, no matter how you slice it, right? And there are only so many uh, mineral mines for deposits of lithium that are currently available. And one of the largest largest controllers of lithium in the world is China. So 
we are kind of setting ourselves up being one of the other like largest powers in the world to having future struggles with China over mineral supplies for lithium. Yeah. And so we are going to trade one conflict element for another. That's really where this is going regardless, along mm-hmm. with silicon and all of the other elements needed to make chips and circuitry. Like you can just look at the news right now and see there is a global chip shortage. And so really like, yes, EVs have a lot of advantages, but they also don't solve a lot of the problems that they've been claimed to solve, truth be told. So we need to be very honest about that. But also going forward, one of the last automotive projects that I did was about the performance that an EV can deliver. Mm -hmm. And I think there's huge, huge opportunity actually within the sport driving market. And we're starting to see it with like the supercars. You're seeing four-wheel independent torque vectoring, regenerative braking with, you know, boost buttons and things like that. And like even the Formula One has hybrid system in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we really we really have like such a huge, huge opportunity. And like I'm trying to pull up this quick document that I did back in the day. But there's we can really generate like a lot of emotion and you Mm -hmm. can even create new driving styles. One of the things that I was suggesting was that like regenerative braking kind of depending on how intense it is can feel feel like engine braking, mm. you know? Yeah. So yeah. you can all, if you can dial that in, which you can, yeah. you can actually like control that sensation. You can even ramp up or ramp down mm. that sensation electronically, yeah. or you can even give the end user control over it. So if they want super aggressive, man, it'll help them stomp the brakes in the last moment of the corner. They'll get the maximum energy regeneration into their, like, onboard super capacitors. And then yeah. in the next second, they can press, like, the DRS button. All of the arrow on the car goes flat, and they can fire out, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. that. that is potentially something uh, that could come in a $5,000 sports car. No, be exciting. I can see that coming as in Porsche when they're developing yeah. Taycan. Maybe the next Taycan, maybe the next few generations after, they yeah. might input that. And the reason why I say that is because Porsche is a sports company, a sports car company. Right? Yeah, yeah. In that so it's there's no reason why they are not thinking into that potential mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. territory. Yeah. And like, dude, if you guys really get into like... I got into it a little bit with the drones because I manufactured my own motors, right? Mm -hmm. You can actually start, and Tesla, Toyota, and a few others have already started doing this. You can start looking at the magnetic fields almost like the pulses of a cylinder where they hit in their rotation. Mm -hmm. So by tweaking the timing and adjusting all of that, even changing how the magnetic field is shaped, 
you can get different performance results and characteristics out of your Mm -hmm. car. And I even saw people back like maybe five years ago that were actually working on motors that dynamically change shape Mm -hmm. in order to change the magnetic field to change the torque and power delivery at different points in the RPM. Oh man, like the amount of potential out there for just creating like organ crushing power and acceleration is is there we have the the potential for like your average person to drive a car that will pull three g's in the corner you know what i mean like that's insane (laughs) (laughs) so one one last thing what is your what is you guys's uh next car journey is going to be well i already got my car recently you know i want always want a truck Mm -hmm. uh ever since i started riding motorcycles so i can carry those motorcycles around I didn't purposely get it for off-roading, but once I got the truck and they had like a fat tire on, I start seeing it off-roading. So, you know, I like camping too. And then, you know, so um, I start modifying the truck as well. You know, maybe next car that I want to get is, I don't know, something more utilitarian than my Tacoma. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, my Tacoma is pretty utilitarian right now too, but, you know, maybe uh, ones that are... Maybe Tundra that are more mm, high end, mm, you know, mm. more heavy duty with uh, maybe like RV trail or something, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. dude, I actually you should look into. There is a Lexus uh, SUV model that's mm-hmm. really popular with the overlanding community as being like if you want if you don't want a bare bones kind of overlanding vehicle. Mm-hmm. So apparently, this Lexus is still affordable on the, the used market and is super luxurious and all of that stuff. Yeah, look okay. into it. Okay, yeah. I'll look into that. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. What about for you, me, For me, uh, since my college is up pretty soon, mm. July, I will probably, I will still going to be at least another car, but a daily used car, maybe like a... Quadrifolio? Not quadrifolio. I can't be that. It's way too expensive. But in that note, I will probably look into used quadrifolio because I always want to have a quadrifolio when okay. I... First start renting, first start looking into alpha Romeo, but maybe like, like a truck or a SUV for mm-hmm. another side, but a weekend fun car, definitely a quadrifolio. No right. doubt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, oh man, there's another list, another thing in my mind right now. I might get a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Yeah. yeah. But I think motorcycle gives another sensations and all of these three different type of vehicle. I don't want to, I would love to get into it. Mm-hmm. Right. Especially, mm-hmm. especially for myself, especially quadrifolio. I would love to take it into Canyon, take it into track. Like speaking yeah. of Canyon, me and Thomas and a few of his friends just went to Canyon this Sunday, last mm-hmm. Sunday, actually. I was testing. That's my, actually my third time going to Canyon with, uh, Julia, I was mm. trying to, I was trying to, uh, test the limit of how this base model can do. Mm. And man, every time I drove this car, it just gave me smile on my face. Yeah. But I know that Quadrifolio will give me even more smile on my face. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember, I remember when top, when Sheriff first test this car with me, mm. I told Sheriff, Hey, Sheriff, put it into normal mode first. And he's like, yeah. wow, this is powerful. This is fun. Yeah. After a few lap of, well, not few lap, but like a few circ, like uh, around my house, Corners, yeah. I told him to put on dynamic and then go on highway. Mm-hmm. Immediately when you put on, when he put on the dynamic mode, 
immediately, hey, Chef, tell me your expressions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, Carl, I wouldn't take it out of dynamic. I just leave it in that yeah, all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just another, it's like you're buying a different car. Right. Totally mm -hmm. different. Mm -hmm. It's a different beast. Even yeah. though it's only a base model, think about how they, even in base model, they can put so much performance driven things into this yeah. car. It's crazy. It's sensational for me. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's my goal. Nice. Just to Maybe for your next car, I, I think you can get like SUV or something when, you know, we can go camping together. Like I'm, yeah. I'm actually looking into, uh, for the car guys out there, I'm actually looking into Bronco, the mm. new Bronco, old Bronco. Not cheap, man. Not cheap. Not cheap. But not expensive too. It's affordable. The base model, they have the base model is like, uh, uh 28,000 something. You don't get power window. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> the the reason reason why, I don't know, man. The reason why they put it in the base model for that cheap is because they want people to modify the car. Right. Mm -hmm. That's that's the only yeah, reason. You're yeah. gonna lease yeah. it, right? If you yeah, buy, probably right? gonna lease. Okay. But I, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, you know? Yeah, how, yeah, how about yeah. you, Cherry? Yeah, how about you, Cherry? Honestly, the, the search for a rallyable vehicle goes on. Uh, this one I may have to play the long game on and just wait for the right timing. If not that, then I, I don't know. I, I have crazy ideas. Some days I really want to build like, like an off-road buggy, but is electric, you know? Oh, but ooh. yeah, it would be a lot of fun. But the problem is like, let's say, okay, I drive it a few hours to go to Yosemite. How am I going to charge it once I get there? That's the only downside. Well, you, you have know? to go with me, and uh, I'll put a generator in the back. <laughs> there you go. Actually, that's not a bad idea. Just strap a Jenny on it. You know, yeah. <laughs> we, we can all go together. Yeah, and then we can all go to. Yeah. No, 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 no. I think that's a genius. Just weld a, a generator onto the thing with a gas oh, tank. Yeah. Make it a hybrid. The solar panel for the cars. So you yeah. can actually look for some solar panels installed. So that while it's being used, also while you know it could charge. With yeah, it's true. I don't know, man. Like I, I have a lot of like crazy ideas, but at the end of the day, if I can find my old Subaru, low horsepower, non-turbo with a manual, I'm happy. Right. Yeah. I'll, I'll be happy. And then really at that point, it's just about getting outside. And I think that's what all of us need to do now that things are starting to slowly get to normal. We need to be yeah. able to get outside and. Enjoy you need to come life. down to LA sometimes. Like we were, like when we were on um, in yeah. the mountain last week, I was telling Thomas, "Damn, I wish Shiv is here, man." <laughs> yeah. The reason why, no, no, the reason why is because not only because we are driving and we are enjoying the cornering and stuff, but he actually yeah. do a drone, like a drone fly. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah like, we can like video uh, ourselves driving and having fun. That's very true, actually. I am not phenomenal at chase footage, but I know a lot of people who are. And dude, that would actually be really dope because I have never gotten video of my car. That mm -hmm. would be pretty... Oh, dude, that would be so sick. You could make... That could even be like a service somebody offers for like high-end car owners. Just right. go around and say, yo, I'll strap a couple of GoPros and stuff like that to your car. Do some drone chase footage and you can make them like a personal edited two-minute oh. highlight video of yeah, their car. Be, 
that can be one of the business that we are we can ask yeah. after passion. <laughs> yeah, that's I, I don't know why that just dawned on me, but that could be actually like because supercar owners they like yeah. paintings of their cars, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah for, so. your, for the audience, if you guys are interested, uh, you guys get can in touch. Yeah, we'll talk more. We'll get talked more. Anyways, just weird thing to leave you guys with, but <laughs> yeah, hopefully someday I'll find my my rally car. If not, I'm super happy with my BRZ, and really, I'll probably get another BRZ after this. I don't getting a front wheel drive, rear engine, affordable sports car is becoming harder and harder, and even on mm-hmm. the used market, it's yeah. becoming impossible. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. going to stick with it for as long as they make it. <laughs> yep, right. Yep, yep, yep. All right, you guys. On that note, I think that ends our first automotive-themed episode. Man, we talked about a whole bunch of stuff. We love cars, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> Even though that's I'm a product true. designer, I still love cars. <laughs> How can hopefully you not, this man? Give, yeah, th- hopefully this give uh, good ideas and informations to uh, all the audience out there about you know who are interested in evs or just regular cars in general yeah and to get to have a perspective of people who are designers and people who are in the industry and deal with this stuff and what they kind of foresee as some of the challenges going forward hope you guys enjoy it yeah all right Thank you.